Hello, I'm Victor Tabala and this is Expert Voice, Eagle Natural Health's podcast and your partner in natural health wellbeing. Joining us on the line today from Melbourne is Benita Dahia, compounding pharmacist, naturopath, clinical nutritionist, mental health nutritionist, Ayurvedic consultant and fellow in anti-aging and regenerative medicine. Benita has extensive experience as a pharmacist in both conventional and integrated medicine and has worked in community and hospital pharmacy as well as in the pharmaceutical industry in both Australia and South Africa. Having owned and managed one of the oldest traditional compounding pharmacies in Australia for 16 years, Benita is a wealth of information on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, alternative cancer therapies, custom-tailored nutritional medicine, and cosmeceutical skin therapy. Benita is also a published author with two books available for reading titled Alchemy of the Mind and Alchemy of Amino Acids. And I'm pleased to welcome Benita to today's podcast. Benita, thank you very much for your time today and welcome to Expert Voice. Thank you so much, Victor. Really pleased to be here and partake in this podcast. So today, Benita, we're going to be talking about a very important topic that is relevant to all of us. And given that I'm now in my mid-40s, it's an area that interests me personally, and that is healthy aging, which also includes approaches to anti-aging. So when I personally think about healthy aging or anti-aging, I think about some of the people who I see around, um, particularly in the gym, where I see men and women in their 70s still working away, you know, doing bench presses and doing squats to even doing RPM cycling classes or boxing classes. I think about uh, the British Indian gentleman by the name of Faljar Singh, who apparently ran a marathon after turning 100 all the way back in 2011. And even some elderly friends of mine who are, again, in a similar age group, reciting poems that are paragraphs long. So their cognitive function is still razor sharp. And I think to myself, that's where I want to be. So, Vanita, let's start with this area of study of anti-aging medicine. So could you take us through what anti-aging medicine involves and what are the hallmarks of this practice? Well, Victor, as you mentioned, people are in their hundreds and are still performing amazingly well. And that purely indicates that their biological age is in line with their chronological age, or they're even improving their biological age relative to their chronological age. And, you know, you've got to start at a younger age. You can't start when you're 100 years old pretending to do a a marathon. So anti-aging medicine to me is absolutely paramount. Some people actually get themselves Botoxed and start look younger, but it all starts on the inside. It's actually a slowing and a preventing and reversing the aging process. So it's really, uh, you know, early detection is so important in identifying any of these age-related illnesses. We don't have to be ill in order to maintain anti-aging and regenerative medicine. The idea is anti-aging medicine is really a multidisciplinary area of um, optimizing so many aspects of our life, diet, lifestyle, exercise, to optimize all of your physiology. So the practice of anti-aging medicine in actual fact is a holistic approach. You know, anti-aging medicine identifies the metabolic blocks within mitochondrial function because it's the mitochondria. These are the little 
energy organelles within each cell that make this wonderful stuff called ATP. And many of us just don't have enough of the stuff, you know. And so what we need is, you know, our, our sun, our plants, our, our soil, water, etc. makes beautiful pumpkins. This is what we call photosynthesis. The same thing happens in our body and it's called the Krebs cycle. So we need the Krebs cycle to be optimized. We need to stimulate the anti-aging process by understanding how the body's actually producing this energy. And integrative practitioners know this stuff. They know their biochemistry in order to support that. They also know their genetics. Because we know that if you've come, come down with a whole bunch of bad genetics from mum and dad, you're going to have to, you'll present with various polymorphs and various SNPs. And that buggers up things like methylation. It, it affects every biochemical pathway. So integrative practitioners, anti-aging medicines understands and correlates these polymorphisms with longevity and the whole aging process. So there's so many biomarkers and hallmarks of anti-aging and we can go on with it. But it is important to identify or rather optimize the physiology. And we can do that with great science now. And that's the beautiful thing about where we're at when it comes to both complementary and integrated medicine, that we are approaching it from a holistic point of view, because it's not just about how we absorb nutrients. It's also about, of course, targeting the areas of the body, particularly when it comes to energy. So focusing on the mitochondria. And like you said, it was a, such, a, such, a, such a, a wonderful thing to mention because our poor old mitochondria, they're the ones that are generating the energy. And if we're not supporting mitochondria, then yeah, we've sort of lost half the battle, isn't it, when it comes to dealing with fatigue. And as we said, fatigue is such a, such a major issue alongside stress. My next question to you, Vanita, is in your work as a compounding pharmacist, you're known to value the principle of optimal integrative health to empower and heal your patients. So when it comes to healthy aging, how does this approach play out in the clinical setting? Well, look, you know, when clients present with um, these days, it's just not the common cough and cold. I find lately um, there is such a huge statistic of chronic complex inflammatory conditions. Today, we call it SIRS, we call it Lyme disease, we call it all sorts of endocrine dysfunction, adrenal dysfunction. You know, as a, as a client walks in the clinical door, we need to, as integrative practitioners, identify the drivers, the underlying causative factors that are causing all of their symptoms. So as a compounding pharmacist, I actually, as well as a naturopath, I tend to lean towards the natural medication. Now, there are people who have sleep issues. The first thing that we need to establish, we can't just give them a sleep pill. We need to find out, is there a problem with onset of sleep? Or is there a problem with maintenance of sleep? So onset is driven by serotonin and melatonin, which is a little hormone found in the pineal gland. But then maintenance of sleep is associated with GABA. And GABA is such an important neurotransmitter. Guess what? Most of it is made in the gut. So if GABA is deficient, that patient's going to feel anxious, going to feel irritated, going to get this whole conversation going, ruminating about all their worries for the day. 
But if their gut is impaired, then you cannot produce enough of these inhibitory neurotransmitters like serotonin and GABA. And if you're not stimulating the vagus, the communication highway between the gut and the brain, then that in itself is going to affect how much of these neurotransmitters actually get to the brain. So we therefore need to identify the drivers of all these inflammatory conditions or any disease. It doesn't even matter what it is. So as a compounding pharmacist, as a naturopath, as an integrative practitioner, find, you know, the symptoms because the patient's coming in with symptoms. What we need to do is find the underlying drivers. If stress is driving it, identify cortisol DHEA, understand at which stage of adrenal dysfunction they're at, understand the other drivers, what's their age, if they are menopausal age, they might have hormonal dysregulation, if they're on prescription medications, they might have um, perhaps neurotransmitter imbalances and so forth. So when we can identify drivers, rather than band-aid the end product symptom, we're then truly talking about the integrative or the holistic model. And the great thing with compounding as well, not only pharmacists, but naturopaths can also do this very effectively. They can tailor a treatment regime individually for the patient based on their clinical setting. Yes, absolutely. And I just loved before how you spoke about the whole issue of sleep because sleep, as we know, it is a major issue where people are, as you said, are either struggling to get to sleep and or maintaining sleep. But I love the fact that you were able to mention there what are the hormones and neurotransmitters that are involved in that process. So again, just reiterating, so you spoke about the serotonin when it comes to getting to sleep. And then you spoke about the GABA when it comes to maintaining sleep. So it's all about identifying which, you know, whereabouts you're at with your sleep and then working on that. And that's, that's fantastic because, again, we're looking at a situation here where you spoke about the gut. And, again, not everyone would think about treating the gut when it comes to sleep. The other important part there is the adrenals. Uh, you said Absolutely. before. The amount of information, there's a plethora of information on the a healthy microbiome. We yep. constantly talk about a healthy microbiome, and most people have gut issues. They have constipation, diarrhea, they have IBS, and so many people are on PPIs these days, oh, proton pump yes, inhibitors. Yes, absolutely. And it's well known in the literature, as a matter of fact, in the recent study, they've actually, the, the doctors have been informed that doctors should not be in, uh, dosing their patients up with more than two weeks of proton pump inhibitors because yes. they suppress hydrochloric acid production. This is the good stuff, the good acids in your gut, your parietal cells in the stomach, they actually release hydrochloric acid to break down and to antisepticide the food so that the good stuff can actually be digested and metabolized. So yeah. if we aren't, aren't able to do that, we've got a lot of problems. We're suppressing the capacity for the body to actually produce a healthy microbiota by taking drugs. Yeah. So, <laughs> we can talk endlessly about the oh, gut, we, but it's so can. important. And on that note with the PPIs, my concern now, of course, microbiome is just one, you know, that's just one factor. My concern with uh, people on long-term PPIs is that 
when you're suppressing that acid production from the parietal cells, you're then suppressing the ability for the body to digest protein properly. And what do we need for serotonin? Tryptophan. Tryptophan is one of the amino acids derived from protein. If we're not digesting our proteins properly, then how on earth are we going to then um, extract the tryptophan to help us produce healthy levels of serotonin? That's my concern. And again, it's I guess it's a good question to ask whenever you're treating someone with, with anxiety or maybe even depression. What's their digestion like? Are they taking PPIs? Um, or similar sorts of medications. So it's a very valid point. Vanita, in terms of aging and disease, there are three key causes that have been identified. So, and you mentioned one of them before, inflammation, but there's also oxidative stress and also immune dysfunction. So could you take us through these causes and what the exogenous or external influences are and what the endogenous or internal influences are? Sure. Look, as you mentioned, there are three, there's probably many more key causes, but inflammation is so, so common. Everybody, a, a cardiovascular incident, diabetes, obesity, it's, it's this whole process of aging, you know, aging process with inflammation. And really, we do need inflammation because that supports and aids wound healing. But chronic continuous inflammation is is a big issue it starts the immune system mistakenly attacks its own healthy tissue and it leads to infections injuries and so forth so the endogenous causative underlying factors are what it does on the inside is it upsets the t, t helper cells which is what we call the cytokines this is our natural own defense mechanisms so if you've got an imbalance of your helper cells, you're going to get all sorts of inflammatory conditions. They could be food allergies, food intolerances, or it could be chronic pain. And so to reduce that level of inflammation, we need amazing, there's some, such a beautiful variety of, of herbs, of foods like turmeric. There's a lot more work being done on curcumins in turmeric, ginger, devil's core, cas core, boswellia. As a matter of fact, there was a study on boswellia um, and compared that to um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and it, it compared really favorably. Another study by Kang in the um, Natural Product Communications Journal in 2014 showed that neem, neem is, are you familiar with neem? Neem, uh, yeah, absolutely, yes. Neem is yes. a great, great Indian herb together with licorice were more effective than ibuprofen in suppressing your lipopolysaccharides or LPS-induced inflammation. So there's some amazing. really great studies to show that amazing herbs can be more powerful than the damage that a lot of these um, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories can do. I might add to that too, probably safer to take long-term as well, right? Absolutely, because they don't have the side effects uh, or the gastrointestinal side effects of um, your ibuprofen and any of your non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Now, we did make mention of the inflammation, so let's talk about the second driver, and that is or underlying causative factor, and that's oxidative stress. We often talk about antioxidants, right? Our antioxidants are found in our vegetables and our fruits. Um, but oxidative stress is really a presentation of free radicals. They're really highly unstable molecules that are naturally formed 
we produce free radicals when we exercise, etc. But when the body, and, and it's usually done when the body converts food to energy. But that's normal. That's good lactic acidosis. That's fantastic because our body is exercising and detoxifying at the same time. But when oxidative stress causes oxidative damage and it affects our DNA, the exogenous factors that can damage our DNA or oxidative damage are everything that we consider as um as a stimulant, like cigarette smoke, air pollution. We are in a toxic smoke. We're breathing toxic air a lot of the time. And these, besides all the adulterants we're taking in our foods, etc. So particularly processed foods. So these free radicals actually cause oxidative stress. In other words, it's excess of free radicals. They damage these structures inside the brain cells. They cause damage in every cell. They can cause damage in your brain cell, for example, and it increases the risks of Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease. This oxidative stress alters these very, very essential proteins. They're called amyloid beta proteins, they form plaques inside the neurons, which doesn't allow you to think clearly and your neurons don't function effectively. But it damages every organ system, not just the brain. So antioxidants are so important because they help delay the whole um, damage that these oxidants cause. Oxidants are actually free radicals. So they help fight that aging and help fight all these inflammatory conditions, whether it's cardiovascular disease or chronic diseases or even cancer. And then the third um, driver or causative factor is the immune system. Now, we all catch colds and flus, and we're all constantly vaccinating ourselves against everything. So our immune system gets compromised. And our immune system, basically, the body attacks and damages its own tissue. The worst part is that never, ever before in history have we seen such an exacerbation of autoimmune diseases. You hear of chronic fatigue, you hear of SLE, MND, ALS, all of these chronic and thyroiditis, chronic autoimmune conditions is really body attacking itself. The body cannot fight these invaders and then we become vulnerable to infections. And so we now there is pure evidence to show that there are actually autoimmune triggers of bacteria, that opportunistic bacteria that have been implicated in chronic conditions. For example, Klebsiella in, in ankylosing spondylitis and so forth and so on. So there's a number of microbes that are directly involved. But we're so fortunate because we've got a huge armory of antioxidants in our food. We've got it in fruits. We've got it in vegetables. We've got really great supplements such as your mushrooms, cordyceps, coriolis, reishi. They are amazing immune stimulants. Coriolis exerts um, not only an immune regulatory effect, but it also has prebiotic effects and it modulates the gastrointestinal um, integrity within the gut. So it puts back that lovely mucus in the gut so that it protects the good stuff from the bad stuff uh, so that we don't have a leaky gut. And then there's things like reishi mushrooms. They protect against impaired gastric permeability. So we don't, those tight junctions are not opened up so that, you know, you don't get all the toxic 
stuff that's happening in the gut actually being absorbed into the bloodstream and making the bloodstream more toxic. There's some beautiful herbs like astragalus, very, very good to enhance macrophages, enhances B cell and T cell activities. These are your lymphocytes, right? So they're defense against your pathogens. There are many studies. Look, there was a double-blind placebo-controlled study of 300-odd children. Um, this was uh, published in Pediatrics 2009 by Leia and his team. And they found using probiotics such as lactobacillus and bifidobacterium, this is found in our foods, they used that for six months in these children and they found that they had a reduced incidence of cold and flu and they decreased their antibiotic use by 84.2 percent well, that's massive. that, that massive. is massive that's yeah. massive in the six month period and it was compared to placebo we're throwing so many antibiotics at children so we need to put back those nutrients we need to put those fermented foods back in our system yes. we need to get our half a cup of kefir yogurt each day we need to go back to our ethnic diets as best we can fantastic and that's important to know because we now know that there is an, an, an increased incidence in um, antibiotic use, but more importantly now that there is also concerns about antibiotic resistance as well. So in short, if the antibiotics aren't going to be doing their job, then what else have we got? So it's important to try and lay those foundations first off. And that's you know one of those important foundations you spoke about being the probiotics, for example. On that point with diet, in your experience, Vanita, what role does diet and nutrition play in the aging process? And more importantly, how can we best optimize our diets to support healthy aging? Well, it brings us to the question of what is the ideal diet? Yes. <laughs> the eternal each day, question, right? <laughs> each day there is a new fad out there. And so what I do believe is often on my clients, I often talk to them about what an ideal diet. They know what to eat. Most of them know exactly what they should do. But a healthy eating pattern must be aimed at maintaining good health and well-being. And it should incorporate everything that is fresh and wholesome, whatever is in season. Now, most people do not eat a huge pile of veggies each day. They don't eat. Uh, it's very important to have a palm-sized piece of protein each day, two liters of water each day, um, at least three tablespoons of good oils. You can use coconut oil in your rice. You can use olive oil over pasta. You can use um, flaxseed oil or hemp seed oil in your smoothies. So eating your vegetables and fruits are probably the most important thing in, in a good diet. There's also, we've got to learn to limit the amount of red meat and particularly sugar. Sugar is the big one. Sugar is, yes. is, is actually hidden in so many foods. So, you know, if you're looking at a diabetic patient, for example, make sure that they not only using an optimal diet, but also incorporate foods that will stimulate the utilization and the uptake of glucose into the cells and prevent that glucose being recirculated. So really great um, support from a food and nutrition point of view for a diabetic is increased cinnamon, just having a cup of cinnamon tea um, a couple of times a day, using fenugreek, 
fenugreek is is beautiful you can get that as a uh, like you get frozen spinach you can get frozen fenugreek particularly in colder areas up north you can get it freshly grown bitter melon it's bitter for sure but it's really really useful so when you're talking about diet it is a um I guess it is a large question to answer because we've heard now of intermittent fasting. We've heard of the um, ketogenic diet. We've heard of specialized diets such as your um, FODMAPs or GAPS diet. There's so many various diets out there and patients are confused. So I often tend to ensure that for good aging and for good health make sure that the food is in season make sure that you're eating food in accordance with your ethnic background if you often you'll find patient people migrate from another country and suddenly they blow up because they they're not used to eating the foods that we have here so stick to the diets that you're genetically attuned to Make sure that the vegetables are high in your diet, and we don't do enough of it. Most of us don't have enough vegetables, um, fruits, water, oils. We need the good oils for myelinogenesis to get the brain functioning again. Absolutely, and um, that's a wonderful array of um, of information there about the t- the type of foods and nutrients. So on that note, uh, Venito, and we've spoken about, you've spoken about this before in terms of probiotics, so gut health, okay? And it's actually been a topic that has been raised on a previous podcast as well. And we know that it's uh, an increasingly important area of focus when it comes to general health and, of course, even in, in healthy aging. So could you please outline the role of the gut and the microbiome in the aging process? So our gut is our large and small colon it's miles and miles of colon it is lined with all these very good important microbes the the job of probiotics is to break down the fecal matter the job of the prebiotics is to ensure that there's a really good mucus lining around the inner walls of the colon because it's really just one cell structure that separates the inner and the outer world. And the soldier in the gut is called secretory IgA. It lives within the gastric mucosa. If secretory IgA, it's a very important soldier in the gut. What it does, it recognizes the food that you're taking in as nutrients and it opens the door and it says, off you go, go and feed the body, go and get absorbed into the bloodstream and go and produce some ATP in the mitochondria. But if that nutrient is recognized as an allergen, secretory IgA is so smart, it, it, it scavenges it and it excretes it. But if your brain says, oh no, I'm still going to eat that particular food, whether it be bread or whatever it is, secretory IgA dies down. And then the mucus lining starts, the wall, the barrier wall starts to break down. And this is what is absorbed. And that is what elicits a histaminic response. This is why some people get allergies, they get colds, they get flus, they get itchy eyes and so forth. And that's all because you've broken down the soldiers in the gut, which is your secretory IgA. You've disturbed the balance of the microbiota. So therefore, we therefore need to use the pre and the probiotics to ensure that we're maintaining 
optimal immune regulation in the gut, you can also use microbiome enhancing foods. Amazing stuff like aloe vera, uh, noni juice, your fermented foods, kimchi, kefir, and then supplemental wise, we've got arabinogalactones, we've got lactoferrin, lactoperoxidase, we've got slippery elm, we've got marshmallow, brilliant um, support for the gut. So if you're feeling bloated, these are the these are the armory that you would need, your pre and your probiotics. When we put them together, we call them symbiotics. So they're both symbionts and they you also need to rectify the pathobionts. So if anything that is pathogenic to the body, whether it be bacteria, fungi, parasites, viruses, when they are pathogenic, they do need to be addressed. In terms of specific nutrients, what, in your opinion, are the best nutrients that would best support healthy aging? And more importantly, what are the best foods that contain such nutrients? Well, because, Victor, because our diet is somewhat, most of us are tending towards eating foods that are um, more conducive to being wholesome and organic and so forth. But a lot of us tend not to do so. We might do that for a short period of time and then we'll go out and get some takeaways because life is just far too busy. <laughs> and this is why it's not only important to ensure that we're eating the right foods, but we're also preparing the foods correctly. In Ayurvedic medicine, it's really a, a considered to be, or even in any medicine, it's considered to be a really nurturing thing to do is to prepare your foods freshly prepared, freshly cut, freshly cooked. Um, but unfortunately, due to the, the way we live today, we're now having, um, you know, takeaway uh, pre-prepared -pre meals. So this is one of the reasons why we might need to consider nutrients, exogenous supplementation, so that we are able to top up what is missing in the body. Now, how would we know what is best for a patient? Each person is different. So if you're looking at a patient who is just wanting to feel better, is working out, et cetera, does this person have enough protein? Does, you know, ranch chain amino acids, valine, leucine, isoleucine, very important for muscle function. But if a person has, let's say, mental health issues, cognition decline issues, then your nutrients will change. It'll change to incorporate herbs that will actually improve mental health. So we're looking at herbs in addition to your foods. So not only high levels of antioxidants, but putting resveratrol in into the body. And that might not only be in the, in the case of a glass of wine. A glass of wine is really good. A little piece <laughs> of cocoa is really good for the body, but not a whole box of chocolates and neither not a whole bottle of wine. So that's the reason why we need to consider some of the various herbs that are available. A cognition decline. You can use bilberry, bacopa, ginkgo, lion's mane, withania. These are really, really powerful herbs. Vitamins are equally important. You're looking at a depressed patient. You've got to put the cofactors, the methylation cofactors into the system. Otherwise, the body's not going to be able to produce those very neurotransmitters. We know whether we need protein, you've just mentioned it before, but protein plus the cofactors are needed to manufacture neurotransmitters. So a really good balance of 
food is important, but your supplementation is equally important and it's available in so many forms. If you can get it in food, do it in food first. But where it's not available in foods or it's not possible to take it in foods, then get hold of your herbal interventions, vitamins, minerals, etc. And it's available in liquid form, in tablet form, in powder form, in capsule form. So definitely discuss this with your integrative health practitioner. I love the um, ideas there when it comes to particularly cognitive function, because I mentioned in my intro before about some of my elderly friends who can still recite you know, long poetry with so many stanzas or paragraphs. I mean, that's something which I'd like to be able to do still uh, when I reach that age. So I, I liked how you mentioned herbs such as bacopa and there's also ginkgo. I mean, I find that combination, bacopa and ginkgo, wonderful when it comes to cognitive function. And more importantly, um, the evidence behind both herbs is also quite compelling as well. Uh, so that's, uh, that's very important to know. So it's just wonderful that if we can't always obtain everything from the diet, then of course we have some wonderful supplements that we can certainly draw on where necessary to help aid the process uh, in terms of healthy aging and indeed just optimal health in general. So my final question for you today is, in your opinion, and you mentioned about this in terms of encouraging patients to see a practitioner, what is the role of the practitioner in integrated medicine and how can we derive best value from the practitioner-patient relationship? I think it's very important to ensure that the client actually seeks a practitioner who is well-versed. Most health practitioners are well-educated and well-versed to unscramble all the garbage that's on the uh, internet. But more importantly, they have studied up on many modalities um, within their medical paradigm. So a naturopath, for example, is well-versed in diet, lifestyle, exercise. They're well-versed in herbal interventions. They're well-versed in biochemistry as well. So it's really helpful for a health uh, to get to a health practitioner who is actually studied. Don't go to Dr. Google because you're going to get one view. You're not going to get a balanced view. And also, right. it's very interesting interesting that you know the average GP in their schooling have and so pharmacists I myself know that we had very minimal exposure to basic nutritional lectures in our courses so um, you know you can't blame them but that's what they got taught whereas naturopaths get taught this day in and day out for four or five years so because they are well versed not only in their biochemistry they understand how to identify through a pathology testing. They take the time on board to actually look, go through their entire history in a clinical setting, understand what's happening to the patient in terms of genetic predispositions, the family history, their own history, their own diets, get them to fill out diet diaries. And that's the role that the practitioner takes. An ideal practitioner will look at your health from in its entirety and connect the dots. 
If you've got a headache, where is that headache coming from? Is it coming from a hormonal dysregulation? Is it only during periods that you have the headache? Or is it, is it causing stomach upset? Is the gut affected? Or is that associated with a liver, retrograded liver toxicity? So an integrative practitioner, whether it's a naturopath or a nutritionist, et cetera, or a chiropractor, they are educated. And these avenues with Integria, with Eagle, we have so many amazing, a plethora of information and a plethora of great health practitioners who are able to help clients in unscrambling and identifying the optimal health outcome for them. I echo your statements there, Vanita, about the role of naturopath, obviously being one myself, but there's so many of my colleagues out there, even nutritionists, medical herbalists, chiropractors, even integrative doctors that are embracing all of this. So this space, this anti-aging space is truly fascinating and we're lucky to live in a time where scientific advances in this area can start benefiting everyone. So not just the elderly, Okay, I mean, obviously, we're talking about healthy aging here, but everyone, why start, as you mentioned before, why start when you're 80 or 90 or 100? Start now. I always say whether you're 9 or 90, start anyway. You might as well get the ball rolling so you do have a greater chance of not only longevity, but a very healthy and lively longevity so we can live to our maximum and still be enjoying life. So, Benito, this has been a very educational and fascinating chat this afternoon. I do thank you so much for your time today and taking us through such a fascinating topic, which is, of course, healthy ageing and anti-ageing. Thank you once again, Benita. Thank you so much, Victor. And we encourage you to consult with your healthcare practitioner for advice on whether supplements are suitable for you. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd appreciate you jumping onto iTunes to provide us with a rating and a review. If you have a topic that you'd like us to cover in the future, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us via the Eagle Natural Health website, which is www.eaglenaturalhealth.com.au in the Contact Us section. I'm Victor Zabala. Thanks for listening.